Bienvenido, damas y caballeros. Welcome back to Freeform Radio on the Freeform Network. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Freeform Network. Send in your questions and suggestions to ffnquestions at gmail.com. But again, this is Freeform Radio. I am one of your hosts. My name is Daniel. With me today is Noel. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us. And we got Andy. It's all good, Andy. We're back here to talk your ears off and uh, see what's going on in here. What's going on with you guys? Sweet, sweet, man. Yeah, man. The fall weather is finally here. It's a little cooler outside than than usual, but we're dealing with it, and we're going to get this podcast going. Hey, Andy, why don't we start off with you this week? Uh, I don't even really want to talk about this, man. It is disappointing. Fill us in on your uh, disappointment of the White Sox season so far. Yeah, man. I mean, after the playoff run they had last year, um, and then this year it kind of got weird in the beginning. I've been calling for the White Sox manager, LaRusso, to get fired since, like, June. And then um, they just never really caught fire. And then LaRusso, I think last month, he had, like, yeah, take this medical leave, and then they got the new manager, and they went on this incredible run where they were like literally like two games, one and a half games out, um, out on to to win the division, right? And uh, they got hot, and then they had some key games these last weeks, especially they played uh, <laughs> the Cleveland Guardians now because we can't use the other word, uh. And they just, they fell flat, man, and just couldn't overtake it. And I, their playoff chances, I mean, they still have a chance, but a lot of shit needs to happen. But it's pretty much done. And um, I, partly I blame La Russa on this. I mean, I think the he's a Hall of Fame manager, but I, I think the game just, uh, I don't want to say it passed him by, but I think it's time for him to hang it up and enjoy his retirement and, and be man, a Hall but- of Famer. The guy's not even the coach right now, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and you the, still blame uh, him? No, that's what I'm saying. The the reason they had a chance to be in this playoff hunt is because the interim manager. And right. LaRusa early in the year was just like all over the place. They couldn't hit. Then he kind of mismanaged the bullpen when they were hitting. And uh it's just I think LaRusa really bungled this year where there was a lot of big expectations to to make the playoffs and that didn't happen and as of this morning i was actually reading something this morning that la russa is not coming back this year and even though he's been somewhat medically cleared he can right. be at the games but that supposedly his doctor said not to manage and um the Sox didn't put a they did someone asked them what's going on for next year and they said, right now is not the time to address that situation, but they will do so at the end of the year. So to me, that means he's done. <laughs> they There was no vote of confidence like, yeah, we're going to bring him back. He's the manager, blah, blah, blah. He's just not medical cleared. He's just, they are like, he's done. I mean, to me, there's no vote of confidence. I mean, they're done. Yeah, that, that would be my guess. My guess is that this, this will be his last season. Um I'm not sure if he really did have a medical condition and it was Damn. more of a easy way to kind of get him out. I'm sure he had something, you know, like uh, acid reflux. And they're like, dude, just <laughs> we'll, we'll use this as a excuse. Go get a specialty specialist to go look at you. We'll, we'll blame it on the doctor and, you know, just exit out gracefully. Correct. Uh, would be my guess. Uh, now, I didn't have a terrible amount of complaints with. LaRusso, it did seem like he was uh, a tad slower than maybe more sharper, younger coaches. But um, I didn't mind it as much. But I think you're right. I think in order for the club to take it to the next step, especially with such a promising year last year, I I think a new coach is needed, somebody younger, somebody maybe to go back to some of the younger fundamentals. I mean, look at Makata right now, man. Everybody's shitting on him because the he guy is just hitting. he's he's just walking to like yeah. first. He's not even running. And even his defense at times is kind of lackadaisical. You know, he's just kind of yeah, tossing it. 
He's not hitting. His defense has always been like if he's good, it's like average. And then he's not running out plays, you know, running on hits or nothing. And it's just like, I think he's like, I'm fucking checked out. And Ozzy said it best with with uh, La Russa. He's like, he's a, he's basically Ricky Renteria with a better resume, but it's like the same shit. Right. And then you had some injuries this year. I understand that, but everybody has injuries. Everybody has to deal with them. And I feel like that core it got another wasted year in. The, the Sox are going to have to make some decisions because I believe Abreu is on his his final year or something. So he's pretty much at the end with his White Sox contract. And um, it's going to be an interesting offseason. And they do have like a core. Like the Sox always have this weird thing. Like they get young players and then they get some veterans and then they – they do decent, and then you're just, like, stuck with them. Like, what do I do with these guys? Right. I, I think that's where they're at right now with Tim Anderson. I mean, he's their guy. He's the face of the organization. But he – I'm starting to see signs of, like, he's always getting injured. So, um, we'll see how it goes. I mean, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to let people know that I'm, like, yeah, it's been a big fucking disappointment, you know? Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. And to, to, to change it up a little bit, the other thing right now that, that's going on is um, AEW's big uh, CM Punk controversy. And I don't know how much of you guys followed any of that with uh, um, <laughs> with professional wrestling. Sometimes pro wrestling is best when real life, the backstage shit is involved and it comes, uh, you know, full front and center and. I mean, you guys are aware of what's going on at all with that? Nah, man, I've actually fallen off in terms of CM Punk uh, ever since the UFC. Yeah. Put him up against some guys, and he got really fucked up. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I was kind of aware that he went into business for himself and kind of was shitting on Tony Khan a little bit and just other wrestlers in in general, so. But basically, they had... So there's like all this like uh, I mean I I loved CM Punk when he was in WWE and then when he left I I kind of he did that uh, interview with Colt Cabana and when I started hearing him that was his boy yeah like that shoot interview I was just like he's not coming home like really like cool then he left to do the UFC thing and then he was shitting on wrestling fans for a while and I'm just like. I don't know what's up with this guy. Like, I, I I don't like him. I'm not a big fan of him as I used to be. And when he came back to AEW, um, I mean, he there was big hype. He brought some ratings. He got the the belt, and then there was like some stuff brewing with the the Young Bucks, uh, uh, Kenny Omega, and like Hangman Page, and that's like a a, a group of friends from what I've read and heard and. Uh, Hangman Page made some comments because Cole Cabana is signed with AEW and they moved him. And then there was there was rumors coming out that why don't you see him on TV as much as he used to? And there was rumors, alleged rumors that he he's like I don't want to do any business with them. And so, CM Punk, yeah, CM Punk with Cole Cabana, and then uh, they bought Ring of Honor and they moved them over there. And then Hangman Page made a comment, and then like from there, just like. It just balled up. They he, he they did that scrum press conference and like he started shitting on the young bucks and Hangman Page and Colt Cabana for some reason. And like Colt hasn't said anything. All these rumors and stuff. He hasn't said anything. What's Colt he, Cabana's real name? Because he kept dropping that. Robert I, something. Yeah, it was like weird. <laughs> Because because I, I didn't know he was shitting on him until I, I had yeah. seen some other articles. And he's like, oh, that's Cole Cabana's real name. Yeah. And then, like, at that scrum press conference, uh, he just he just went off on everybody. And, like, the owner of the company's there. He ain't saying a single fucking word. And then uh, it was just rather hilarious to me. And he just let it go on instead of, like, shutting it down. And then... Um, what did he say? It's like, if you don't like what you, you said, look, what I said, you know where to find me. Right. And apparently the young bucks and Kenny Omega went to find them and shit went down. And, uh, 
stuff's trickling out and stuff. But yeah, it was just like rather chaotic. Supposedly he knocked out one of the young books. Right. It will not the his buddy Ace Steel like threw a chair or something. Oh, was what's that funny that? about all this then? There was a there's a report coming out that the Young Bucks grabbed the AEW's like legal like in house lawyer and this person saw this whole thing go down. Oh so wow. now they're talking about like lawsuits and shit. And um yeah, so he supposedly he knocked uh, uh, one of the young books got knocked out. Kenny Omega got bitten, right? And um, and uh, that's like and there's like reports that uh, that they busted down the door and shit. Like it's just like you know how wrestling gets. And um, so now they suspended the young books. I, I think Kenny Omega. CM Punk supposedly suspended and but he's injured and he's gonna be out along uh like for like eight months. And um I I d I don't know what that even means that he's suspended. And then the other day this weekend a report came out that they're not bringing him back and they're in talks about buying out his contract and he's making something like five million a year. And it's like guaranteed or something. Like a big chunk of it's guaranteed, even if he doesn't work. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, CM Punk is <clears throat> he's done, dude. That guy's career is over. He's he's got some mental issues, dude. He's got bipolar or or something, man. Like he's he's off the rocker. He he needs some meds to control his ass out. And I I don't know, man. I I I really liked him, like you said, um, when he, when he was in WWE. He was different, uh, yeah. And it, not only just because of the WWE, but also just because he was a Chicago guy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I was really enamored with him, and I was just I was really happy that he had made it from like the minor leagues, the ECWs, and made it up to something bigger and better. Uh, you know, supposedly WWE. So when he left, I was kind of upset with the organization that they let him go. But now more and more information trickles. This guy was his boy, Cocabana. And he had his back, and then all of a sudden, Cole Cabana didn't agree with something that he had said, and so CM Punk like disowned him. They got into a legal lawsuit between each other, and then now he's talking shit with some of the main guys from AEW who helped start the I mean, organization. So to me, granted, it's like, oh, okay, go ahead, Andy. He did make some comments that made sense, but that's stuff that you handle in-house. Like, you don't bring it to the public, you know, and, and, and that that's the problem. Right. So to me, CM Punk, uh, I, I wouldn't bring him into my organization, even if he would give me a small pop, because that's all it would be, a small pop. The only, time, the only time the guy's famous is when he goes to Allstate Arena. Otherwise, ain't nobody tuning in to, to watch CM Punk anymore. So, you have to ship it out of him in, in UFC, and that's real fighting. So his, his, his credibility went down, and, you know, I'm a fan of Seder Mania, but this guy, that's another guy that... that <laughs> Is loves CM Punk, man. That guy can't do anything wrong, man. Mate, I was kind of trying to book CM Punk for your next year's birthday party, man. But now I'm not, <laughs> man, because it sounds like you're like, man, fuck that guy, man. You know, he, he had charisma, but yes, he never really had this, uh, like overwhelmingly powerful physique that makes you think that he's legitimately gonna mess somebody up. And then after he got destroyed in UFC, you're just like, well, he really isn't like a threat. I'm sure a lot of people who saw him as like somebody credible, like Daniel said, uh, they pretty much started seeing him just lose and lose, and then just just like, nah, this guy is not gonna be able to do anything. Unlike uh, Bobby Lashley and Batista, right? Those powerhouses that actually did compete in MMA and actually won, you know, they could. Brock Lesnar, yeah. yeah. Brock Lesnar, yep. So man, I don't know, dude. Uh, yeah, CM Punk, I don't think he's gonna be anywhere near the draw he was. Now, now wrestling is fake, so you know whatever he 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 well scripted, fake it scripted. scripted yeah fake in the sense that it's scripted, so his character is what's supposed to carry him over and not the belief that he could kick anybody's ass because I don't think anybody believes that, but uh, his character it, from his real life is bleeding into his persona in the wrestling ring, and he's coming off as a douchebag, and I think it's gonna start hurting him making money he's gonna he's i'm gonna see him soon in franklin park wrestling in some garage 
I, I bet you, because I don't think this guy is going to be a main event wrestler anymore, unless an organization gets really desperate for like a quick pop, like a WWE's hurting in ratings. Let's bring in CM, CM uh, Punk for a quick, you know, run. But otherwise, this guy's done, man. Yeah, I mean, I see. Uh, like, I think he. Kudos for him to making that UFC jump, and Dana White knew what he was doing. He was trying to get pay per view buys, uh, so I'll give him that. He tried to do it in 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 you know in a short amount of years, whatever he tried, and he tried, and that's how you could do. But then he came back, and I'm just like, oh, you coming back after you were shitting on the fans and all that? And he did draw some ratings, he did make some money, but now this whole thing to me to me comes off kind of entitled and that, that's right. how i look at it and yes he's a he's a veteran and he does have like some advice but he's coming out as like oh i've been through that listen to me and some pe- younger people it all depends when you know you could give advice but don't mean that people are gonna listen and with and my final thing on that is i think if vince mcmahon was still running um, the the he would sign CM Punk. Now that Triple H is running the day to day, they if you remember the Colt Cabana podcast and he did that interview, it doesn't sound like he's gonna bring him back. I mean, if he does, I I'd be shocked to be honest with you because that's what's best for business, is the WWE says. But I don't see that happening with Triple H running it because in that soon interview that he did mention how. Uh, Triple H kind of derailed them a little bit, especially at that WrestleMania match, which even at the time I was like, this shit makes no sense to me why Triple H would beat him. But, hey, he won it. He agreed to it. And uh, so, I mean, who knows? Uh, but I think we, we might see him with one more run. Maybe he'll show up in Impact, but we'll see. So with that being said, let me go go to Noel. Something, uh, he, st- he found something new. So I see you... Uh, you jump back on that uh, employee employer market. You found on back to the workforce then, uh, Noel. And are you already quiet quitting after a week or something? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I uh, it was a little bit that I, uh, I really wasn't working just because things were crazy. People were requiring vaccines. People were requiring masks twenty four seven. Yeah. And then you were doing good in the stock market too, right? <laughs> well, initially, man, uh, when COVID first hit, I started investing when everything was like really low, and then there was like a bubble burst, so everything was rising, and I so I bought low and I sold high, I made some money, and then I I kind of just like rested on my uh, my profits for a bit, but then uh, you know it, the economy is just going to shit, dude, and I'm just like, you know what, I need to get out there, I need to get back on the grind, and so I started looking for a job and. Uh, you know, for me, thankfully, man, like it, it's it's never been a, a challenge to get a new job. It's just more trying to find what fits me and and what uh what I'm looking for specifically. So, um, thankfully, I was able to find something that you know fits you know me financially, fits me uh, in terms of what I want out of a day to day type thing. And then ultimately, I wanted something where I get my job done and I go home and that's it. I'm not stressing about like man. What about this and this and this company? And do I have to answer the calls, emergency shit and put out fires? And I don't want to be thinking about work when I'm at home. I want to be able to, you know, unwind, de-stress, and then the next day be ready to go. And so, yeah, I started this new job as a customer service rep. And uh, it's, it's going good, man. Um, I've only been there just a couple of weeks now. Uh I started midweek, which was interesting. Uh, I'm not going to say the company name. I don't want to be too uh, public about right. like some stuff like that. But um, th- this company is a pretty big company. They're a distributor. Uh, and so they, they handle many calls, many big clients. So I was kind of, uh, I guess, uh, not stressed. Well, I guess stressed in some sense. But I was also, like, motivated to do the best I could because I knew this company it's a stable company and covid when it hit i ended up getting laid off from my last job so it kind of soured my look at companies in general and just how they treat their employees but this company uh they they 
pretty much told me right off the get-go they're like yeah this company you know we work 8 to 4 30 you get out and that's it like you're not having to worry about work after that but when you're here you're here and i'm like that's perfect yeah that's that's how i roll he's like this job it's an essential job so no matter what happens covid monkey pox whatever the fuck comes our way next we're still gonna be here doing our thing i'm like that's perfect it's exactly what i'm looking for Cool. What 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 do they do there? You're you're working in customer service, but what do they mainly do at that company? Uh, so they they're a distributor of oil. Uh, okay. All all different kinds of oil. Nice. Um, so antifreeze stuff like that. Like they distributed all different sorts of stores, industrial, uh, factories and whatnot. So mechanics, you know, anybody that would use motor oil, antifreeze, uh, lubricants, gear oil, all that kind of stuff. So there's thousands of products, uh, thousands of customers, and so literally, my I started midweek, like I said, and I I had a cover for two people that were going on vacation, so I had one day of training, uh, which I guess was like more of a shadowing, like it's not really, it was kind of training, but more observing, and then the next day I was like thrown in the fire, and uh, <laughs> they literally said they're like, yeah, man, you know, we need somebody right now because these guys are going on vacation. So, I mean, we're going to be throwing you in the deep end with a bag full of bricks on your back and see how you go. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I'm going to do the best I can. That's all I can do. And honestly, I think it was for, for the best because it, it forced me to learn quicker. It forced me to pick everything up like immediately. And so as soon as I got in there, um, started getting right to work, started learning as much as I could. And, and yeah, man, so it's going good. Yeah, good man. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a, the CSR stuff is kind of difficult, and like I can completely understand with uh, putting out fires, and you're always trying to find that good uh, work-life balance. Oh man, good man. Yeah, I I didn't know about this until uh, just a few days ago. I was talking to my mom, and she brought it up. So uh, I was super excited for you, man. I, I'm I'm glad you're back out there. Um, you're always a smart guy. Maybe sometimes I say too smart for your own good, but you, if you put yourself out there, man, you'll, you'll succeed. So good, man. Good to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So far, so good, man. And I'm just, uh, like I said, I got thrown in the, in the fire, thrown in the deep end. And, and, uh, after those two days, I had this whole last week and I, at this point I'm much more comfortable than I was. And, and they said, yeah, they're like, yeah, man. You know, you either had a sink or swim and you swam, so you're doing good. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm just like, hell yeah, man. And uh, I'm making more money than I've ever made. So it's like that's a that's a plus, man. I could finally start making some moves again and uh, get things going. I have a few side business I want to start up. and But uh, that actually leads me to the next thing I want to bring up, man. Uh, these car prices, bro, they are insane. I was uh I was looking into trying to buy a car, not right this second, but like just in the future, you know, because the car I have uh I got it when it was new, you know, I got it brand new. I'm the only owner of this car, um, but I got it, you know, over a decade ago. And I don't drive a lot, so I only I don't even have a hundred thousand miles on the car yet. It's been over a decade, so it's one of those things where I'm like I'm not in a hurry to get a new car. Right. I, I, I'm thinking about it, and I'm looking at these prices. They're insane, dude. It's ridiculous uh i was looking at a subaru i was thinking of something all-wheel drive since we live in chicago you know snows and all that and the subaru like not even like the highest package just something like you know reasonable what's their truck brand the forester or um the outback maybe outback yeah outback's another one that's a hatchback though but no i was gonna get the sedan i was gonna get the wrx oh okay Uh, yeah, so I was looking at the WRX, and that's uh, it's about 35 with uh, just, you know, basic package with some minor adjustments and stuff. No and power like, windows, no power steering. So you got to crank down their windows. <laughs> I think that's standard now, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's, it's crazy, man. It's 35 grand for some that's kind of basic. And uh, to put it in perspective, like most of the good packages are like 38 and above. And I'm like, bro, I can get a brand new 2023 Audi for 38. And it, and just a little bit above that, I can get a brand new Ford Mustang 5.0 GT with all the trimmings and all the packages and shit, all the sound stuff, fucking V8. 
You know what I mean? So for the in the 40s, like 42, 43. So I'm like, what is going on with these car prices right now? Like they're not they're not like reasonable for what I'm getting. Uh, I know Subaru is not a cheap brand, but at the same time, this I remember like let's say 2019, 2020, right before COVID hit, I was looking at car prices as well, and I was looking for a Subaru. And I was looking at the specific WRX around 2020, and it was, uh, I want to say like 23, 25 at most. And I was just like, this is good. I'm going to save up for this, get this, finance it, whatever I got to do. And then COVID hit, and it just, you know, put a, a wrench in that plan. But um, now I'm looking at car prices again. I'm like, no, this isn't the time to buy. It looks like, looks like these car companies think everybody's going to fucking overpay on these cars. And a couple years ago, they were like 30% cheaper. So we'll see what's going to happen, man. I don't know if you guys are, have been looking at prices lately. It's the inflation and supply chain issues. and It's, just, it's all wrapped into one. That, that's why everything's so expensive. Here in domestic, like, U.S.-made cars, like GMC, Ford, and all that, it's, they're crazy expensive. Even Toyotas, I mean, it's just it's through the roof. Now, were you looking at pricing online, or did you actually go to a dealer? No, just online right now. I, w- okay. I really just wanted to get an idea. Yeah, I know I'm not going to buy right now. Yeah, I was just curious to see what dealers are even telling you uh, and what's their little sales speech on why pricing is high and what's their stock inventory right now. I'm kind of curious. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I, I haven't looked it into, it into it deep enough to get the specific dealers involved. Uh, right. Just, just been mainly looking at like cars.com, Carvana, Car, what is it, Carfax or whatever the hell. Yeah, that one with the Fox. Is that it? Uh, no, uh, maybe. I, I thought the logo was like a fox, and it's like a car, carfax.com, but it's got like a fox in the logo. Or that's know, maybe for like reports on the cars or something. Right? I think they sell cars there too now. Do they? Okay. I think so. I don't know. Yeah, yeah used cars are just crazy. Like, uh, like I learned, I was looking at like used trucks that are like five years or younger, and it's just this. I was like, holy shit! They're like. Thirty-five thousand to for for a used one, like when the new ones are like fifty to sixty, but you had to wait forever to get them. So I mean, it's just supply and demand, right? Hey, Andy, you've never had a new car, right? You've always bought used. I mean, the newest car I've had was my old S10. It was like a year old when I bought it. That's okay. Everything else, I've always had used uh, used vehicles. Okay. But now with the, like the way it is now, I'm like, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, especially what I like. I like full-size trucks. And when I was looking for the last truck, they were like 50,000. I'm buying new trucks are now like 60,000 plus. Right. It's insane, dude. Man, like that's that's like a, a house right there. You, know, you could get like a down, really good down payment on a house for that price. So it's like, is it really worth it, you know, to spend that kind of money on a depreciating yeah, there's financial people that tell you don't ever buy new vehicles, and they're like buy a used one. But it's like uh, pay a cash, and so you won't have payments. And like, but you're also like, then you really gotta do your research to find a, a good vehicle with like little to no problems. Like that's why Toyotas are so popular. The the used ones, uh, they did little to no maintenance, and they could take a beating, and they last a long time. But not everybody wants to drive a Camry or a Corolla. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm leaning towards a Hyundai because they have that 10-year... 10, 10 that's another one, too. The Hyundais, they last forever. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like I said, that's what I have now. It's over 10 years old, not even 100,000 on there. It's running running fantastic. It's just kind of beat up from the sun, you know, stuff like that, all the salt and shit over the years. So it's a little, you know, it's it's getting it's getting there where I need a new one probably soon. But uh, You can just use your bicycle, man. Yeah, right. I need to buy one of those too, man. That's just <laughs> and those are expensive too, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, actually, I was looking into electric bikes, dude. I was like, this is like the wave of the future. They go fast as shit, man. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, if you're, is, let me ask you this: your current commute to your new job, how many miles is it? Oh, is man, it under actually, like fifteen miles? Yeah, it's it's a beautiful commute, dude. Super easy. Take Mannheim, and then uh, there's there's it's not too far, maybe like five miles down the road, and then you make a left, and then you're there, and that's it. Yeah, so, I would yeah. say tell you get a scooter for like the springs to the fall, but then 
use your other your used car or whatever car you got right now in the winter. Yeah, I'm leaning towards a Hyundai all-wheel drive. Maybe get an SUV or whatever, and just something that'll last. Because I, I don't drive a lot, so I want something that's gonna last me. That I'm the only owner of. That I know somebody didn't fucking peel out every day on the start of the day, you know, and just destroy right. your engine. But uh, but we'll see, man. And uh, yeah, just to wrap things up for me, uh, one last thing I want to just you know throw out there. I don't know if you guys have seen this show yet, but I've been watching uh, Cobra Kai these past couple years, and uh, season five came out recently. I finished that one up pretty quick. I uh, binged it, and uh, it was a great season, man. A lot of nostalgia. Whoa, wow. great? Oh, shit. I want to say great, dude. Like, I enjoyed it. Now, I don't know if, if, if you guys think great is like, this is like, you know, Emmy-worthy. Like, I wouldn't say it's Emmy-worthy or nothing like that, but it's, it's great in terms of it entertained me every episode. You know what I mean? Like I, I was watching every episode, wanting to see the next, and I, I'm, I'm like, fell in love with the universe that they've created here, the Cobra Kai universe. No, I, I think Cobra Kai is a, a great show. I, I really enjoy it. I think this last season was a, a little drawn out, and um, I, I like that they brought back uh, El Canudo guy. I forget his name now, but the, the little skinny guy that took over Cobra Kai now. Yeah, uh, uh, Silver. Silver. So I like that they brought Silver back. I thought he he was a good character in that last Karate Kid official movie, uh, with with uh yeah with Daniel Russo. So I I thought he was a great bad guy, and I, I was glad to see him. Did they bring back the bad boy of Karate? Well, hey, don't give any spoilers, man. But supposedly for season five, that's who they were bringing back. They were bringing back him, the bad the, the bad boy of yeah. yeah. That's how I remember karate. karate. <laughs> now I haven't seen it. I, I see it keep popping up on Netflix, but uh, for whatever reason, I just keep watching Seinfeld, and I haven't started watching. Seinfeld season is a classic, man. Right. Yes. <laughs> I haven't watched season five yet, and then Junior was kind of wanting to see it too because we've been watching the last four seasons together. Um, but he hasn't. I, I think he kind of lost interest too because he's he hasn't been really mentioning it a lot, and I think. I'm just gonna have to give in, and me and Alana are just gonna have to watch it on our own. But from from your uh, review here, man, it sounds like I, I better get on it. Yeah, dude, I, I recommend it, man. It's it's got a lot of nostalgia pops, uh, and I I don't know if you you saw season like earlier seasons. It mentions uh, what's his name, um, the 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 guy from Japan. Uh, right. Yeah, the guy is just like keep it for your collection. When he throws that, that shirt, classic scene, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the yes. chick throws the the tomato at him and messes yeah. up his shirt. Yeah, it's because he slapped around the Russo or something, right? Like he punched them. Supposedly, it well in the the last time the Russo saw him in Cobra Kai, it shows that he knows how to do the the death punch or something, or the paralyzing punch. I forget what they call it. Yeah, it's like a pressure. His punch. uncle showed it to him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I forgot his name, but he, he's a really popular character in uh, something. Son, right? Lauren Son or Tenzin or something. Tenzin Son. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll find his name. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's in there. He's a, a big part of the season, and it's just funny, man. It's funny to see these guys just interact again, and and now they're friendly. They're they're working against a common enemy, and there's just a lot of nostalgia, man. I, I that's why bringing back that guy from Japan or Okinawa or whatever. You just remember the last time you saw him, he, Daniel LaRusso won him by bitch slapping the shit out of him for like 20 times in a row. Right. And then they're like, we want you to come back. Chosen. <laughs> so, chosen. chosen. And then I don't know if they're like, I don't know the, the dynamic in the show. If they're BFFs now or they're still mortal enemies, but. Yeah, I mean, I only watched it. Me and the wife only watched it too. Like, I think like season three or four, the one where this guy gets hurt, um, and like Miguel? that's it. And we, I kind of lost interest in it. Yeah, when Miguel gets hurt, he gets paralyzed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah dude, that that was a crazy season too, man. Um, but yeah, like there there's enemies and they become friends and all that. But right now they're coming up against the common uh, villain, Terry Silver. And uh, I recommend it, dude. Season five is pretty good. Ten episodes, you know, it's, goes by quick. Okay. They're not even long. I think they're about like you know between thirty-five and forty. Thirty-five, forty minutes usually. Yeah. What I remember, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's shift it over to you, Daniel. Uh, what's going on here? It looks like uh, it's on about birthday gifts and the new, the new norm is for it. 
Yeah, I was just thinking because um, we're we're going to a birthday party later today, um, and we're getting the the gift cards together or the you know just a a birthday card going, and it's just like yeah, how much do you want to throw in there? And it just got me thinking. I'm like, man, with inflation, what's the new norm for like a birthday amount? Uh, you know, before it, I don't know. If, people think it's cheap but i used to just throw like a 20 in there and to me it's like a 20 covered the spot uh for a birthday gift but with inflation is that more now is it you know 40 dollars 30 dollars 50 dollars think you'd be man. safe with 50 man but to me 50 is a lot man i mean it, it, are they to you though that's the question that too or are, are, is it like a sibling is it a cousin is it a, an acquaintance a colleague Right. Yeah, I guess all those things come into factor. Um, but to me, I guess thinking of what people's salaries are, uh, let's say somebody's get earning $20, $30 an hour, let's say that's two hours of that man's work that you're asking to give away in, in a card. And where before there was people getting paid $10 an hour, I guess it's the same. You know, if you're working 10 bucks an hour and you give uh, a 20 buck gift I guess it comes out to about the same Yeah to me 25 is like I, I think like the standard usually uh, But like for example When I get like gifts from my nephews Or something like that I'll, I'll usually for like their birthday or Christmas Sometimes I'll go up to like 50 And just so it's like even across the board Like everyone gets like up to 50 bucks uh, Right usually Between like 30 and 50 in there but, but really, I mean, right now, dude, the way the economy is, it's like it's understandable if you go like 25 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It just got me thinking, filling out that card. I'm like, man, these these uh, birthdays and, uh, you know, get togethers where you got to bring gifts. It's just going to get more and more expensive. I mean, I already got to pay a shillow for arracheras. Now I got to pay a lot for for gift cards and birthday cards. I'm like, man, this is going to be rough, man. This new inflation that Biden gave us. Yeah. I mean, fifty is, I think, expected. Minimum I, is forty. Yeah, I think fifty is is generous, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Is guess, it a birth? It's a birthday party. Yeah, it's a birthday. So yeah, yeah, kid. yeah. So to me, fifty, I, I, I think is probably going to become the norm pretty soon. Like Noel was mentioning, car pricing is going up, so. I'm sure these new norms for birthday gifts is going to have to go up too. Um, just something else that was going on with my week is I actually started watching Quantum Leap, man. Uh, with all that talk of Quantum Leap the other week, uh, the new one, I started watching the old one, man. I found the old Quantum Leap with Sam and um, and his sidekick, man, and it was it was cool, man. Uh, the first season is really short. I think it's like nine episodes. So um, they're about an hour each. So I cranked them out pretty quick. But man, it was it was some good stuff. And I got uh, season two lined up. Maybe start it next week or or maybe during this week. But man, it was really excited, especially with all the the news. And I think Andy, you're the one that even sent me something about why uh, Bacula didn't sign up to this new one. And since then, there's even been even more articles that supposedly. Uh, they didn't like the premiere numbers, so that Bacula might be signing on as an exclusive really? producer to, wow. to to come on and special guest in a couple episodes. So I think a lot of things are switching around because they're putting a lot of money into the new Quantum Leap. And uh, I, from the little bit that I read, they're not really liking the numbers. Yeah, yeah I mean, everybody... I mean, when you do shows like this with the reboot, you to me, you have to have somebody from the old show, at least one person. Well, it helps, yeah. Yeah, and I think the only the other person died. I I forget his name. And then so all that's left is Scott Bakula, and even if he does like a couple shots uh, episodes a year, I think it'll help him help him out immensely. But. Yeah, and then you saw the video. I saw you, the reasons they didn't want them and all this goofy stuff. And now the numbers are people, uh, are, are you know, they're, they're, the the numbers reflect that. And then I mean, it doesn't help. I think Peacock. I think they are airing it on NBC. Then the day after, it's on Peacock or whatever. Because I know there was a lot of ads when I opened up my Peacock uh, app for Quantum Leap and. Um, 
I just, but I, like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the original one. I wasn't crazy about it, but I mean, it doesn't shock me what you're telling me with the numbers because people were probably expecting like, where's the other guy? You know, where's the original guy? The the thing that I was kind of mistaken from my thought of this new one is I thought they were replacing Sam and Al, but it looks like they're in a different time period altogether. And the, from my understanding, they're not um, excluding all the stuff that happened with Sam and Al before. It's a, a continuation of the story. So my guess is it's like, you know, 20 years after Sam and Al left the program or died or whatever the case was. So in that case, I don't mind too much that they change the characters, especially with making the Al character into a female. Um, it doesn't bother me as much as it did the last time I spoke about it. Uh, I thought they were rebooting the entire show and that they were just, you know, bringing that concept onto a modern day. And, and that's what I didn't really care for. So maybe it'll work. Uh, I haven't seen the new the new one, but the old one was super cool, man. Some really diverse episodes. Uh, and one of them, he's a black man in the South in like the 1950s. And then uh, he's uh, a mobster in New York during um, like the recession times and uh, some really cool, uh, exciting uh, episodes that really tap into that whole thought process of time travel. And it, it was really interested. Uh, Noel, you, did you watch the original or even see any of those episodes? And I'm glad you asked, dude. Uh, I came across this show when I was in high school. I was probably like 15, 16. And I would stay up until like one in the morning every night watching it on Sci-Fi Channel. Oh. uh, I'd be in my room just like trying to wind down for the night. And for like the last two hours from like 11 to one in the morning, I'd be watching this. And uh, I love the show. Uh, I ended up buying the or getting the DVDs later on. And I finally got it on my externals. And yeah, dude, uh, the new show, it looks like, yeah, it picks up a few decades later with Dr. Ben Song. Okay. uh, His version of Al is... Former Army intelligence officer Addin August Edison Augustine. So it's it's a different iteration, I guess, just different people. But I don't know how the new one's gonna be. But the old one, it's a classic. Yeah, for sure, man. That catchy tune for the intro and outro is cool, man. And then just the whole premise of the show. Uh, Alana, she watched it here and there. She said because uh, her grandma actually watched it. Even though she doesn't speak English, so I don't know how she got away with it, but she did it. She made it work. And Alana said uh, when she watched a couple of episodes, and Al is like a hornball, and that guy is just like nowadays he, he that wouldn't fly because he's like you know uh, being real promiscuous and being real flirtatious with women and and kind of taking advances with them. And Alana's just like, man, I didn't know the character was like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like. That's his like little stick is to hit on women, and he got married like five times and whatnot. So uh, definitely the Vietnam, a d- the Vietnam thing uh, when he gets lost or POW or whatever. Yeah, I I know in later seasons, uh, this first season it's just uh, Sam, but I, I if I recall correctly, because I, I used to watch Quantum Leap before when it was on syndicated on TV, but yeah, I know um, Al becomes the center focal point of a couple episodes and then there's even a couple episodes where they go back to like the imaging chamber where the the whole experiment took place uh and there's some stuff in the the modern time supposedly with all the the lights and doohickeys that's the other cool part that's the other cool part that uh this show is is that it's it's actually i think based like in the 1990s uh the time that this uh, imaging chamber takes off and, and does its thing and what they perceive to be the future is really weird, man. It's got like these uh, cyberpunk looking cars that got all these lights and then all the wardrobes got all these like flashing lights and stuff. And I'm like, man, is that what they thought the future would be? Just people walking around in, in these douchey clothes with all these blinking lights. It's just like, <laughs> man, it's weird. Yeah, it looked like douchey. Crazy. Yeah. No, so some really cool stuff, man. I'm I'm really glad that um just the whole thought of Quantum Leap came back into my head and it got me thinking about it. So I had to track it down and, and check it out. Uh nostalgia is always uh something good to 
to get you going and kind of go back into something from the past. And actually, guys, that goes into our article of the week. So our article for this week is actually something similar to the Quantum Leap, where it's something that was old, that was brought back, and trying to be reinvented for the, the modern age. And what I'm talking about is G4 TV. Um, I, I kind of feel like everybody here saw it or, or, or kind of viewed it at one time. But G4 TV used to be a TV show um, that was to me revolutionary because youtube still wasn't a thing the internet was still kind of infancy stuff where not a lot of people used it for uh video gaming resources other than looking at like word documents and, and whatnot stuff like that so in the late 1990s and 2000s this was like the thing man g4 tv at least for me because and i'm as people know i'm a gamer so i like to play video games and this was like right up my alley a dedicated tv show for that well anyways the tv show went out of business they had issues with finding uh syndication and finding companies that would broadcast it so they went away but just last year they brought it back with more of an emphasis in streaming going on twitch and then they actually did find a channel that would broadcast it a dedicated channel so um they came back but less than a year into this new revitalization of g4 tv uh they were hit with uh, uh layoffs uh roughly about 20 to 30 people got laid off and the estimate that i found on, on the internet was that they had staff about close to 200 so uh pretty big percentage 10 percent of their staff is has been laid off and that was at the time of this article that i sent you guys but actually since then a few other people have left especially some key people that were up at the top not just uh you know uh editors and you know people that were in the backgrounds producers and whatnot so uh, i guess just to open it up to you guys uh the article goes into some more details as far as uh the show hr kind of taking people aside uh, how they hope to keep the show in the same status that it is now and keep the same production level. But I, I highly doubt that they're going to be able to keep it up, especially with some of the new updates lately with some more key uh, TV persona guys leaving. So uh, tell tell me, guys, uh, what do you guys think about G4? Do you used to watch it when, when it was first in his iteration in the late 90s and 2000s? You know, I, I did check it out a few times, but uh, not, I wasn't really too into it. What about you, Andy? I did watch it. I mean, I watched uh, the tech of the show religiously when I would come home from work. I would. It was a. Uh, it was a daily show. It was on. I did catch glimpses of X Play. Those were like their two big hitters. Um, and then every year, like Attack of the Show, when Comic Con, they do the specials and stuff. Uh, like Danny said, it was kind of ahead of its time because YouTube was still in its infancy. The internet was around, uh, but it's not like what it is now. <clears throat> and um, it was pretty sweet. And then um, I'm not going to lie. I mean, they had very nice, uh, beautiful women on the shows. And then they had, you know, like, uh, but they all knew, a lot of them knew what they were talking about. And Yeah, they were like, like geeks and video gamers. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't like in your face. Like, you know, just some of the stuff we go through now. But, yeah, I mean, I watched it. Kevin Pereira, Olivia Munn, uh, you know, and then Morgan Webb. And then um, there was a couple, a bunch of other people. Even people would leave and they would hire new people. And I still watched it till the end. Um, but when this came back, I remember uh, the rumors were coming around. G4 came back because their Twitter, their Twitter feed went kind of live after it was, like, dormant. Um, and then I was kind of excited and then it wasn't like Danny said, like, I, I don't know. They were going to really focus on streaming. So I know they, I think they signed a deal or something, not a deal, but they, they were going to work with Twitch. They right. have YouTube shows and such. And then things weren't really working out. And then I, earlier in the year, there was like, they started consolidating stuff. The article doesn't go into it, but I, I've been kind of following it. They had multiple channels, and then they just forced it onto the G4 channel on YouTube. And then um, 
Yeah, that's when all the drama kind of started. I don't know how much you know. The article does mention it at the end, but I think that's uh, one of the reasons the show, the G4 did fail because, uh, uh, you know, because of something one of the hosts did. Um, I mean, you did you, you, what do you think, Dan? You think that uh, that little rant she went on helped, helped them or <laughs> made things worse because that's why everybody's pointing to. Yeah, I, yeah, it sounds like you, you're kind of aware of it, and you're right. At the end of the article, in one of their updates, they do kind of mention it, how this uh, Indiana Frost Black uh, lady went on a rant in one of their episodes. Uh, I think it was like X-Play, or, or I forget what show they were in. I think it was X-Play. Right, so it was a, a conversational show where they were all talking, and she kind of went on her soapbox. I think with some rifle, rightfully so point of view, uh, as far as how back in the day gaming used to be a little more sexist. Um, maybe even today it's still sexist, but back in the day even more so. Olivia Munn was doing ridiculous stuff to kind of get guys riled up. The Man Show was really popular. Uh, that uh, I don't know if it was the Man Show, the one that. Um, uh, your boy from UFC was on from Fear Joe Factor, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Uh, so there was shows like that where men were being pigs, and it was cool to be that. You know, it was cool pigs. to be a. It was cool to be you know, misogynistic and sexist, and you know, it was kind of glorified on racist. those TV shows. Well, not race. I, I don't remember racism in in those shows, but sexism for sure. Um, so I I think. That portion of her rant is valid that that's not necessarily needed now in today's day to be relevant. So in that is, point, I, in that point, I do agree with her. The, the part that I kind of disagree with her is that at the very end, she really starts shitting on saying that that's what her that's what the audience is right now. Yes. She's tired of it. Yeah. And that if you're those type of people, don't watch. Don't Eat watch. Yeah. Nothing about. <laughs> improve yourself stop being that kind of person be here for the content and she was kind of shitting on them that it's free content he's like we're doing this for free you just watch it on tv and youtube he's like shame on you you should be paying for it and stuff like that so i think it kind of came off the wrong way well i and i i lastly i i heard some kind of negative stuff about her uh, i think it's the whole woke kind of mentality that I think rubbed some gamers the wrong way with this particular rant. I mean, what I'm, from my understanding, then leading up to that rant, so there already were hurting for for viewers on the streams, but she's made comments in the past that were like, "This is this makes no fucking sense." I, I think one of the big ones I remember a couple of days before that, she was shitting on the PlayStation Five, saying like, "It's on it, it's a dead system. It's on his." last days and people are like the fuck are you talking about it's like it's it's like the number one system and she was uh shitting on it and people came out uh, there was a lot of people on twitter and on the stream chat shitting on her like you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about and i think that kind of led to that rant where about sexism and game because she was getting a lot of criticism and people were like you're you have no idea what you're talking about and then that's when that rant came on attacking people who were, I mean, I guess correcting her. I mean, but like what she said, some of that, it, it is true, but I, she was attacking people who already watch her and a lot of people cheered her on and the show, the CEO, I forget his name. Uh, he, he was applauding. Sassler was like, this is the most amazing thing on live TV. And from that, it went from bad to fucking worse. Everybody stopped watching. And they're like, if you read the comments, like, I wasn't expecting, like, this full G4, like, how things used to be. But I also wasn't expecting to get attacked for for knowing, having some knowledge on the stuff that they're talking about. And just and just people stopped watching. And then the, the article talks about the mass layoffs. And then she sends a tweet, like, I survived. Let's game. You're just being like a total like uh, in, not being empathetic to your fellow employees that just got laid off. And Especially when she might have been one of the contributing factors. Yes. I don't want to say sure. that. But that's why in the internet everybody's saying she's the reason it failed. 
but I think she she started that fire. And then Sessler, yeah, she put gasoline on that yeah, fire. Yeah, Sessler too. They don't want to hear different opinions, which is fine. So people are like, well, we're not going to watch. We'll do what you said. And um, that too. And like people just want to go listen to games or read your, hear your reviews and have some dialogue, even though there's difference of opinion. But she went on this thing like, y'all fucking sexist because I'm not hot like Mun and, and Morgan Webb. I'm not here for you guys to jerk off to me and all this stuff. And I'm just like, wow, like where's this coming from? And then people, people stop watching and then. I don't know if it's gonna make it to the end of the year. I mean, I've I've seen that. I heard they did a couple streams since the massive layoffs. I heard Frost is gone. Kevin Pereira quit. Um, I I don't know about Sessler. I that's the only one where it's unknown. The article doesn't talk about him. And those are like the big two. Those were like the big three. And I heard other people left to work somewhere else. So, I mean, I don't know what, what is going to become of it, but I think it's a dead brand now. And I mean, they made an effort, but uh, you never attack your viewers or listeners because uh, it just, that's not a good idea. And I think what we've learned from the last couple of years, when you attack people who you want to go purchase stuff, uh, hence movies and, Guys are fucking misogynistic people and all this, and this shit fails. It's just like, well, you're attacking the very people you want to go to go to to purchase a ticket or watch your content right. or listen to your content. Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with everything all of our listeners do, but I don't shit on them or judge on them. I mean, if you like watching, you know, Citizen Kane, and you think that's the best movie ever, man. That's that's on <laughs> you, man. I mean, movie, I, critics agree with me, man. I, I mean, uh, that, that's on you if that's what you think. And if you yeah, think, definitely not the best movie. <laughs> and if you watch the new Star Wars and you say that those are the best movies ever, man, more power to you. I, I'm, I'm happy for you. And what you think doesn't make me want to shame you for that. Um, so now I, I know these are bigger issues that she's talking about but i i think the other thing is that she's not a real journalist she's a la- she's a lady that well i mean honestly she's a lady that worked at league of legends video gaming she became popular for becoming hip cool different a woman and people gravitated to her so when um g4 was looking to bring women back olivia Munn didn't want to come back morgan sessler did not want to come back so they brought this lady back to get the woman pop you know uh and maybe with the intent that she would be a little sexy and bring that sexiness back to the g4 i'm not really sure but when it didn't work out that way and when people were like well you guys don't have eye candy on this show like you used to I could see assholes going into her DMs and kind of giving her shit for it. So I, I think it's part of this problem was the G4 production team where if they wanted to bring back G4 the way it was, they needed to bring some of that sexiness back with them. Now, if they wanted to make something totally different, it looks like that's what they're doing and that's what they did. And maybe that's why well, it didn't succeed. And maybe they- that's why they're having issues. They did try, and they did try having more diverse views, which is fine, but it wasn't working. That's why people, the stream numbers or whatever, wasn't like where they wanted it to be. And like that was the worst red flag. And then when you say stuff like uh, some, you have some opinions with no, I mean, we all say dumb shit, right? But She's supposed to be, uh, from my understanding, like an expert and all this. And she says shit like PlayStation is dead and it's on its last legs. Like people are like, well, are you you trolling here? Like, what the fuck? Like, it didn't make any sense. And then from that, she went into this rant. And it's just like people like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm not here to, to fucking be berated either while I'm watching a review of whatever fucking game that they're trying to push. And. It just went downhill from there, and then the numbers never really rose. And I mean, just like to be clear, G4 is owned by Comcast. That's on the, like you know Peacock Universal stuff. So who knows what they're gonna do with this? Um, but I, I, they try to be different. They, it just didn't work. And it, they invested a lot of money. And like if you look at their studios, it's pretty sweet, and they got like a nice setup. And it just 
just didn't fucking work, man. What I heard too is that uh, they bought out her contract. Comcast did, mm-hmm. so they they don't have to have her on there ever again. Maybe there'll be other people that can take her place. Um, I think, like what we were saying earlier, she did cause a lot of controversy. And after that rant that she did, which she pretty much called like men pigs and all that, she yeah. had some really controversial like comments and tweets after that, uh, and specifically to one like model or one celebrity who she said she would drink her period blood. That's how hot she was or whatever. She said, I'd even drink her period blood. And everyone unanimously is like, "Are oh, you're a fucking hypocrite. You're disgusting. You think if guys were to do that, you think we would get away with it? Like, why is it okay for you to say that? No, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, I mean, let us know what you guys think at ffnquestions at gmail.com. But when you attack your base and people you want want you to support you by watching and doing, like, that's never a good idea. Right. To me, I, I don't mind the, the thought of bringing back old stuff with nostalgia. I, I dig stuff like that. I mean, uh, Ninja Turtles, they just packaged all the old Ninja Turtle games in one package and re-released it, and it's really hot. Uh, the Castlevania games, they repackaged all the old Castlevania games and re-released it, and it was a hot seller. Same thing with Mega Man and a bunch of other stuff. So it, nostalgia is really good, uh, especially in video gaming. So I, I'm surprised G4 didn't do more um, as far as ratings. But I think when you change it too much from what its original source was, I think that's where some of the people that tooled in for nostalgia, they're probably going to bounce because they're like, this isn't what I used to watch back in the day. And they're calling me a pig. So I'm done. Right, right for <laughs> sure, man. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure who they were trying to appease there. Yeah, and in today, well, the way people consume media is so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's so weird now. I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it, uh, it's, it's a, that's a balance you got to try to find. And um, there's so much stuff streaming live all the time. I mean, there's stuff that I like to watch live and it's even hard for me. And I barely and I, do shit. And and maybe maybe what she was saying was a hundred percent true. I mean, how many people do you think that work at McDonald's don't feel like telling the people that come through the drive through, quit being an asshole, quit doing yeah. this, quit doing that? But you're not in that position. These people are paying your paycheck. They're your viewers, they're your customers. Sometimes you gotta put up with some of their bullshit and just deal with it. Just one real quick like think about what you just said, Dan. How many times in this world we live in today, the the they all saying the customer's always right. Right. But you like you talk about, we all have those things like, fuck you, you're an asshole, or this customer sucks balls. But now there's signs like when you pull up to McDonald's, like, be courteous, we're short staff, blah, 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 blah. Like, now they're telling you, like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> right. When your job is to deal with assholes and try to appease them to where it gets to a certain point where they're unreasonable. But sure. that that's what I'm saying that like now there are people like if you're like this, don't even we don't want to do business with you. Fuck off. Don't come here. And some people are cool with it, but apparently a lot of people are not. And that's why you see businesses are hurting when they make political statements and all that other stuff. Yeah, I think I think just like C- CM Punk, somebody's got to humble this lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that two fuck wrestling fans or whatever the fuck he said. Like, yeah, fuck you, dude. And then, like, that, that like, we supported you. I got shirts and stuff. And, and, like, now I'm just, like, I feel like an asshole for supporting you. And I don't know what made him think that way. But I'm pretty sure he's going to say it, it's us fans or something. You know, that, that that's a common theme right now in many different companies. Walt Disney, Warner Brothers, they come out with these shows and they're like, this isn't for you. This isn't for guys. And then when guys don't watch it, they're like, oh, this is failing because guys don't want to watch it. They're sexist. Yeah. You you really can't win in this current age, man. It's just how it is. And uh, But there are some companies out there. Like I said, uh, that new Young Ripper, he's coming out with the Ripperverse. Uh, You know, he's an up-and-coming comic book creator. And he he might not agree with everyone politically, but he says, whether I agree with you politically or not, feel free to buy my book. Feel free to, you know, give me the, the business. I'll take anyone's business. I don't care if I agree with you or not. 
And I mean, that's right. kind of the way it should be, man. If you want to succeed, it's like you got to be ready to handle criticism from people that you don't agree with. And uh, anyway, that wraps things up for today, guys. You know, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to us on uh, Freeform Network. If you're not already, uh, please follow us on Facebook at Freeform Network. We're also on Twitter at FFR Podcast. And if you have any questions and suggestions, just like Andy said, drop that on ffnquestions at gmail.com. And well, for Dreamform Radio, my name is Noel, and we have Daniel. Yes, sir. I got a party to go to today, but I'm going to try to watch a little football if I can. And we got Andy. It's all good, Andy. Let me know. My comments offended you. ffnquestions.gmail.com. And I will tell you, don't fucking listen to our show ever again, fuckhead. Or maybe keep listening. I might change my mind. Yeah, Andy, man. Let these people have their opinion, man. <laughs> I, yeah, let them hate you if they want to. It's okay. Just buy my shirt. Uh, fuck right, Andy. As long as I get paid. Yes. When it comes out. <laughs> yeah, regardless of how you feel about us, we want you to watch. We want you to tune in. And we wish you a great night and a beautiful tomorrow. Dad.